RVN. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. It is report day. Having said that, the markets all awaited the click of the clock to 11 o'clock to see what was going to happen. And an interesting ride, even if you just sat back watching the way the numbers traded uh, initially and really until the close today. We're going to talk about this report and what it all means for the markets as we move forward. Uh, Jeff Peterson joins us, of course. He is with Heartland Farm Partners. And let's just talk about this report in general. Looking at Planet, Planet Acres in this survey, what did you think? Well, I think I think overall, you know, if you look at it, it's a, a little bit higher number on the corn side, on the acre side. You know, that 89.921 million acres on corn. Um, yeah, it's it's down from last year. Yeah, keep in mind, last year we planted 90, 93.3 million acres of corn. But the big key to all of this actually came back, Susan, is that we were up about 220 8,000 acres from the average trade guess is, and, and we're looking at the Dow Jones um, estimate for the average trade guess. So you're a little bit higher on the corn side, and then you come in on the bean side, and you know last year um, we're about 87.2 million acres of beans, this year 88.3, but kind of the key on the bean side is down about 2.1 million acres from you know what the average trade thought. And, and as we dig deeper into that number, you know, we also go back and look at, okay, so when we take all those principal crops, we take all the different crops, we, we always like to look and say, okay, how does that compare from ultimately where we were at and a year ago? And, and ultimately we're down, you know, last year across all the principal crops, uh, when those numbers got filed out, that was about 317.1 million acres. And, you know, this year we're about 316.2 million acres. So, you know, a few less acres planted overall, and we'll talk more about that overall. But, yeah, that's that's where we're sitting, Susan. Is there the possibility, are we going to see any sort of changes in these numbers as we move down the road? Yeah, there, there will be some additional changes, you know. And as a matter of fact, right in, you know, right within the report, one thing we have to make sure everybody's aware of is that, you know, there was um, about 4 million acres left to be planted when when we ended up having the planted acreage numbers gathered. And keep in mind, the planted acreage numbers gathered were gathered from about May 28th through June 16th. And and on the bean side, there was still about 15.8 million acres of soybeans left to be planted. And so as a result of that, um, NAS ended up saying, you know what, um, they're going to, in July, they're going to resurvey Minnesota, North Dakota, and South Dakota. And they're going to go ahead and, you know, look at a number of different crops. But the ones that, you know, stand out to us is they're going to be taking a look at those corn acres and soybeans acres and all those states. And just to say, hey, you know what, uh, did everything get planted as you intended? So you'll you'll have that. Uh, if they, based on that survey in July, then if they need to make any adjustments and they'll come back in the August, you know, 12th, the uh, WASDE report and make those adjustments there. And then we also have to keep in mind down the road, we have the FSA data and usually the FSA data would also start feeding in, in the August report, depending on when the report falls and they even, I haven't looked to see when they're going to release that data. But what that would do is that give us a better idea on the prevent plant side. And so we think because of the wet conditions that there was up across North Dakota, South Dakota, you know, on over into Minnesota, we think there will be some additional acres that show up as prevent plant. So as we go down the road, I think we will see a reduction in corn acres. The bean number is a little bit interesting because what we have to keep in to keep in mind there is that I, I do think we could see a reduction because of prevent plant. But what we have to look at 
And we're looking at this really close right now is what could happen on the double crop soybean side. Are we getting more acres planted of beans uh, behind some of this wheat? And and we'll be talking more about that in future reports. But but that's something that throws us another additional curve on the soybean side, Susan. You know, you talk about how all these numbers and, and getting the acreage numbers, but you got to kind of go back to the basics as well as talk about how you guys get, not you, but how NAS gets the numbers and, and how it's all put together and created. Yeah, it is, it is amazing. And, and I really think overall, you know, it, it's a challenge. So let's just kind of dig into that a little bit and look at it. So the National Ag Statistics Service, you know, at the state level in Nebraska and each of the individual states, and then also um, at the you know, national level, it's aggregated, but there's really two different ways that they come up with these numbers. And so you've got the egg survey side, and that's where they're either going to send out surveys to producers or they're going to physically visit them in person. And that sample size, Susan's about 64,000 for this report, 64,248 individuals. And as I mentioned before, that's the survey would have been done from May 28th through June 16th. And they just said, you know, as of June 1st, um, what did you uh, plan on or what did you get planted? But then they also dig a little deeper than that. They come in and do what's called an area survey. And how that area survey works is think of it this way. There was about 9,082 sections that they selected across all across the green, you know, all across the U.S. in the major producing areas for each of the commodities. And then what they do is they go into each of those sections, they identify ultimately who the landowners or operators on that ground are. And then they survey them and talk to them about, okay, what did you actually plant in these areas? And so they so they do it two ways. They do it according to a list and then also according to a particular area. So that, that gives you an idea, Susan, how they come up with the planted acreage report. It's always interesting information. And if folks ever get the chance to, to see the whole lockdown and everything that happens before those numbers, it's a pretty cool process. So as you look at that, what about quarterly stock numbers? How are those all put together? Yeah, on the quarterly stock side, what they do is they come in and and they do a a similar type survey. So they'd survey that same amount of operators. So you'd have a little over 64,000 operators that'd be surveyed. And they'd ask them what they have for on-farm stocks. And they ask them what they've got for off-farm stocks. And then they also go to the the actual storage facilities and and they survey about 8,200 of those and ask them how much they've got for stocks on hand, Susan. All right. Well, we've got a lot more coming up, folks. Is sticking around. We'll continue to come back and look a little bit more at the quarterly stocks report and kind of overall and where we're going to be moving forward with the numbers we've been given by NAS earlier today. It's a report day look at the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Nell Hybrids. Let's check in with new Fontenelle Hybrids dealer Preston Smith in northeastern Phelps County. So what's been the most rewarding aspect for you so far? Being able to help your neighbors and fellow producers is the most rewarding aspect of being a dealer. There's nothing more fulfilling than seeing uh, someone have success on their farm and know that you played a small part in helping them achieve that. For more on our products or how you can become a Fontenelle Hybrids dealer, just go to Fontenelle.com. And this would be... You know, for individuals, so it would be on-farm and also off-farm, uh, 4.346 billion bushels of corn. Uh, that was up about 16 million bushels from what the average trade gas, uh, according to the Dow Jones surveys. And if we look back to last year, last year was about 4.11 billion. So we do have more stocks around than we do have a year ago. Then we dig in and look at the soybean number, 971 million bushels. That was up 12 million bushels from the average trade gas. 
and also up from last year, 769 million bushel Susan. So, you know, from there, slightly higher stocks, but honestly not enough really to do much, not enough to tell us that really any of our demand estimates are really off and nothing, not saying that we should expect much for adjustments down the road on the demand side as we go into futures WASD report, Susan. Did you see any surprises, though, things that kind of really stuck out to you? Yeah, there is. And and generally, you know, and maybe this makes sense as we take a look at basis. We know the basis has been really strong on the corn side, not as so much on the bean side, but on the corn side. But overall, the general trend as we looked out there is that there's there's definitely more stocks on farm than there would have been um, than we would have had a year ago. So our on-farm stocks are up more, which we'd expect to see because we do have, you know, a few more stocks. But what's interesting is the, the off-farm stocks are down more than what was probably expected. So what's that telling us? The farmer's still holding on to a higher, I'd say, percentage of the bushels than than maybe what we're expecting. But based on what we've seen for what the basis levels are, and that probably makes sense. I mean, they, the buyers just hadn't been able to pull as many bushels as what they would have liked to have been able to pull, um, you know, from the farmer to, to take care of whether they're, you know, turning it into feed or whether they're turning it into ethanol. So that, that's a few things that we noticed, Susan. Well, it always makes for some interesting reports and to see how the, the markets react to it. But when you look at the planted acreage numbers, the quarterly stock numbers as a grower, how do you utilize those numbers to your benefits knowing we're mid-growing season? Yeah, that, that's exactly, that's a real important one. So so what we do is we take uh, the planted acreage numbers, and, and keep in mind, even though I do think we'll we'll see down the road, I think we'll see more prevent plant numbers as all that work through, but we'll, we'll take the numbers at their face value. We take the planted acreage numbers in there, and then we put the, just like they do in the WASDE report, you know, each month, the monthly supply and demand numbers, we put our, our yield against it put the demand against it and and where we're able to come up with the demand as we look at those quarterly stocks I mentioned and since the quarterly stocks are pretty much in alignment with what we thought that say that there really isn't much for adjustments needed on the demand side and and we come up with a new ending stock number and that ending stock number is that total supply minus total demand and when we do that in the 2022 crop you know coming coming out of the uh, June numbers, uh, June was at about 1.4 billion bushels of ending stocks on corn. When we make our adjustments, it brings us in at about 1.459 billion. So, so about 59 million bushels more, which is, isn't real significant there. And then we come over to the bean side, and that's where the number starts getting interesting because out of the June WASDE report, that ending stock number was 280 million bushels on soybeans. And, and when we make the adjustment and reduce the amount of acres that are to beans, Susan, that brings it down to 159 million bushels, and that starts really getting tight. And so that's where I was really surprised today. Overall, if you look at that market action that was out there, um, you know, they really pulled that corn market back and, and beans were on bull sides for a while during the day. They were higher and then they pulled back and closing lower. And, and I'm a little surprised we actually saw a lower close on the bean side and actually the degree of the amount that we were down on the corn. I was, I was surprised by that, Susan. So as you look at all these numbers, Jeff, and obviously moving forward, we've got one trading day tomorrow. Then we're off for three days with the holiday, um, to start back up on Tuesday. What do we do? What are your thoughts on what the numbers could do when you guys get some chance to digest it more? Yeah, I think what it comes back to, so the first thing we ask ourselves is, okay, 
we got this report behind us. Now what? Well, we look at what else is out there. So once once basically all the algorithms and, and all the trend following funds, they digest this information, have a chance to think about it. Now we're going to go back to look at weather. And, and honestly, the weather, we've got some warm conditions, but there's also some rain forecasts to come in across some of the drier areas. You know, some bringing some rain across uh, parts of the eastern Corn Belt. And so we're going to be back to trading a weather market. Uh, I, I think we're in the process of finding the bottom in here, Susan. And I think we'll see the market bounce up higher based off of some th- more threatening weather down the road. No surprise. Weather market back at it again. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Jeff? Yeah, give me a call at 402 366 469 for. Check us out on the web at heartlandfarmpartners.com or follow me on Twitter at jeffpeterson01. And of course, remember that commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. This was the Fontenelle Final Bell on KRVN, sponsored by Fontenelle.